0: Frankie, Frankie, just come and prophesy. <laughs>
1: Father, you are great in this place in the mighty name of Jesus. In all areas of our lives, we speak your greatness, your greatness in the mighty name of Jesus. We break down every stronghold, everything they might try to bring about, any form of bondage in the mighty name of Jesus. We speak a release in the mighty name of Jesus, a release of your power in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Where there is a need for healing, it is received. Receive right now in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father God Almighty. Thank you for wholeness, wholeness. We speak that Satan is defeated in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus because we serve a great and mighty God, a God who is not defeated, a God who is great, the one and true God, the one and true God, the one true living God in the mighty. name of Jesus thank you father thank you heavenly father thank you for the victory in Jesus mighty
0: name hallelujah rama sedokram bukra, seden baba kiste bobososte baba sichte brombosduste praise shi father praise you, father
1: so, so receive this morning, receive his grace, receive what you need from him. Whatever it is you're crying out for, receive it this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. He is here. to not hold back. Do not hold back. He said, I am here to meet you at your point of need. And he knows no bounds, so even to you who are listening online he says I will meet your needs, I will meet your needs in the mighty name of Jesus just believe, just believe, just believe even if you're saying but I do not know this God, I do not know how to call upon him he is saying just say it just believe it in your heart even if you have a, a faith as small as a master's seed speaking to someone on the, on, on the online, even if it's as small as a small mustard seed, he is there to, rest, to, to meet you at your point of need. He is there to meet you. Just believe it. Don't doubt. Don't doubt in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
0: Bama, bama. it's in, freedom in, it's in freedom in which we stand it's in the freedom in which we stand it's in the freedom in which we stand it's in the freedom in which we stand the freedom that was bought and paid the freedom that was paid for the freedom that took place on Calvary the freedom that was declared in the heavenly realms the freedom the freedom the freedom the freedom that you live in the freedom that you stand in the victory that has has been declared the foundations of earth the foundations of time oh everything was set so that we would arrive at this point so that you could declare your freedom in me your freedom bought and paid for by a man on the cross hallelujah Hallelujah. There are no scared angels in heaven. The Holy Ghost is not a nervous spirit. Heavenly Father hears the roar of the saints. And that roar is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He lives in every one of us. He declares His victory through us. He is the one. Ha, 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 No. Church is not a quiet place. Many, many hearts. Oh, Even in the building that's quiet, in the church that's quiet if you could hear in the spirit realm the cries of the saints some will be begging some will be cryful and tearful and painful but some will be faith filled it's noisy in the spirit realm as the hearts of people cry out oh we need to hear what's happening we need to hear what's happening in this earth hear it with your hearts Hear it with compassion. Hear it with the sound that reverberates in the spirit, in your heart. Don't close it off. Hallelujah. Like Superman, hears everything, but he also focuses his hearing. Sometimes we need to hear everything. There's a cry going out. This earth is groaning. Groaning for the revelation of the sons of glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Some would wonder why we take so long in His presence. Some might say you sing too many songs. But we're waiting, we're waiting, waiting on him, waiting on us to make that glory connection. For this room is filled with angels. This room is filled with his presence. This room is filled with the Holy Spirit. This room is filled with believers. This room, your room, your couch, your bed, wherever you may be watching, this is how we fight our battles. Surrounded by Him. Surrounded by His presence. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We magnify you. We thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. about it Frankie (laughs) hallelujah in his presence someone might be wondering what the banging is well Manny is just playing in his presence oh it's so precious his presence
2: You are all things, you deserve the, the glory. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, worthy of, of it Lord. all. Yes, you are worthy, you are worthy. you are worthy of it all. Oh, Lord. For from you are all things, to you are all things you deserve the glory You are worthy You are worthy of it all you are worthy You are worthy of it all of it all for from you are all things and to You deserve the glory You are the Lord, you are worthy of it.
0: The glory. You, I believe that we may be done singing for a few minutes, but I don't want us to move around. Elson, keep playing. I believe we need to have some personal time with him. I know I've not pushed in this week where I should have pushed in. Personally, I know that maybe some have had a harder week than others, but personal time is good. If there's something you need to repent of, repent of it. Get it out, get it, throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. If there's freedom that you need to stand in, stand it now. Just say, thank you, Jesus, for my freedom. Let's just have a moment as Elson plays. Let the Spirit of God minister to you. We don't need to sing. We just let the Spirit of God speak to you. thank you father well i'm going to let the team go appreciate you guys all all of you thank you i will let the kids go out in a minute just just hold on for a second praise you father i just want to read a couple of scripture verses before the kids go Hallelujah. Praise you, Father God. Thank you, Father. You know, we had to take as long as we took on that worship because some things needed to come off of some of you. But I want to read the scripture verse. that kept coming up to me and... Um, in the worship it's just simply Romans 8 verse 1 so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus when we go through stuff in in, in life pain suffering some people will say valley experiences and I don't really believe in valley experiences. I believe that we're raised up in heavenly places. But our emotions are like roller coasters, aren't they? Up and down. Side to side. If you've ever been on enough roller coasters, when we went to Disney, I went on to a particular roller coaster, the Avatar one, and the rest of the day was ruined for me because it just threw my stomach senses out of sync and I was not happy bunny. I can believe God for healing as much as I want, but really it's self-inflicted pain, isn't it, when you <laughs> go on this roller coaster? So your faith is at all time low, but like, that's, that's actually more key than you think. Did you hear what I said? Self-inflicted pain makes it harder to receive from God. Sometimes I don't know where I'm going, but when the Spirit of God starts talking, Condemnation comes because you believe that you cannot receive from God because of what you have or have not done. It's the oldest trick in the book. As a parent dealing with children, condemnation comes because you think you haven't done enough for them. They're reacting in a particular way and you think, well, I haven't done enough for them, so they're treating me badly. So condemnation comes, and you think, and the enemy, let's put it that way. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to use the enemy. I'm going to use you, because the enemy is under your feet. But your mental capacity in your brain, if it accepts the lies that come, will start to introduce into your thinking that you are not good enough to do what you are supposed to do whether you're a parent, whether you're a child. I was um, somebody who battled condemnation for years, not feeling good enough. I, whatever was, I remember, actually, I'll tell you this little story before the kids go out, and I will let the kids go out. There was a time, and it took, this took me years to get over. Years. There was a time at school in GCSEs, I think it was the first year of GCSEs to come over from, Canada. I grew up in a Pentecostal Christian school, which we were very good at guild trips. Um, there was a, a science class that we had, and I, I'm, I'm guessing my science teacher probably isn't alive anymore, so he could never trap me down to, to yell at me for this. But there's a box of stopwatches. You're going to laugh at this because it's just ridiculous. The box of stop- I turned every single stopwatch on and had them running at the end of the class. And the teacher was not best pleased, started shouting, and asked who did it. I never, I never revealed to anyone before now that I did that. And the people in the class that were naughty got blamed, the teacher was looking at them. But you know, I repented of that, You know, probably the next day. But the devil hoodwinked me for at least two years, saying that I could not receive anything from God because I never repented of that to the teacher's face. Stopwatches, turning them on. You laugh. But you know, if you make a mistake that's worse than that, maybe you've, let's go extreme, maybe you killed someone. I'm just using it as an extreme example because we're going to put that. In. You know, if you repented of that murder or brutality, you know, God still forgives you just as much as He forgave me when I did stopwatches. But condemnation has a funny way of sneaking up on you and just kind of tapping you on the shoulder and turning you around and you looking at the natural situations and circumstances and you're actually sitting there going, but me, 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 me. And it's particularly bad when you have parents of kids who are growing up who make mistakes. It's particularly bad of husband and wives. You know, you get condemned. Or I mean, I'm kind of like one of these people who gets grumpy and holds a grudge for far too long. But then I feel bad about holding a grudge, and then I'm in a worse state than I was when I, before I repented. But what am I trying to get? My, my point is I feel like, or I sense, that would be a better word, that if we allow condemnation to go, go forward in our life, we're never going to see the victory that you've got in store, that God's got in store for you, the freedom that God's got in store for you. There is now no condemnation to those who belong to Jesus Christ. Jesus died for you and paid a price for you on that cross. And you each and every one of you online as well belong to him. Hallelujah. Be assured of that. Because when we push through in worship, when we have glorious moments in worship and the anointing comes and the burdens are removed and the yokes are destroyed, you're free, but tomorrow, when the thought comes and says, "You did that. That person did that. Seventy times seven, you were meant to forgive other people, but you only did it sixty times. So therefore, you, you, you know, you, you, there's condemnation." And the, I hope that's an answer to some people, or even just a bite-sized. Piece of the Word of God to carry you on to tomorrow, where tomorrow you'll need to get that scripture verse out and say, "There is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus." I don't wake up in the middle of the night anymore thinking about stopwatches, but I tell you, I did. It's a long time ago, and I haven't thought about it for a very long time. But I'm, and it's a silly example, but that's the enemy for you. If you eat too many calories. There's now, therefore, now, no condemnation to those who belong to Jesus. But <laughs> your waistline <laughs> might not agree with that, right? Well, I'm going to excuse the children. I know um, the children have had a, a long time in, in this, and I, I'm I'm believing God that we won't be long today. I, I feel like we need to perhaps maybe have more time drinking cups of tea afterwards. i tell you what, we had a record set-up time today. It was, it was excellent. Thank you, everyone, for helping. I'm going to start bringing a stopwatch, <laughs> another one, just to see if we can shave off a few seconds of our, our uh, takedown time. Oh, not takedown time, set-up time. I do like that song, I Need You More. But I believe that if you stay on that song... And don't move on to realizing that he's given us everything. It can get very, very uh, uh, bad, if if that makes sense. That's the wrong word, but it can be a bit more unproductive in your life. So let's move on to what, what the Spirit of God is saying today. Let's find my notes. Last week we talked about, let me just find last week's notes, because... I got them. Last week we talked about depth and the work of compassion. Um, and it was off the back of um, what Jenny had prophesied over, I can't remember if it was Holly or, or somebody, or even might have been Elson. And she mentioned this phrase, that Faith Live Preston is a ministry of depth. Now of course we all understand that that applies to all of the the Faith Life Ministry locations and and that may be evident in some in d- deeper depth and there might be other stages where churches are in different areas like for us we're, we're deep in some areas but then other areas we need to work on and, and the same with Manchester same with Harry Every, everyone's at different stages in their ministry walk as, as a call as a minister but also as a congregation so there's different levels of uh, deep going deeper into the things of God but we were talking last week of how deep God is based on the scripture verse in Ephesians let's just read that Start there. If you track with the devotional, it actually quite lines up with what the devotional has been talking about, and devotional's been talking about compassion and the love of God. But the way that we've kind of looked into this, we've looked at this from this uh, prayer in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter three. And it says in verse fourteen, When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. It was beautiful to see Veronica, Holly, dropping to their knees as worship. Now, we've got to be careful that we don't do that to, if we're on camera, just to show, which I know that it isn't for, the, for these guys. In the future, we need to be, we make sure we don't have a worship team that just performs to the camera. Obviously, we never want to go that way. But when we drop to our knees, Paul's to saying his complete humility and complete um, action before the Father is to just get before Him and just <sighs> surrender. I love that, that song. I, 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 I love the words of the song. I don't like the song particularly, but that word surrounded. Surrounded, this is how we fight our battles. We're surrounded with heavenly Angels were surrounded with the presence of God, were surrounded. So when we drop to our knees and we worship Him, there is something that is just saying to God, I I can't do this alone. I can't take my place and go forward without you. I am submitting to the surrounding power that surrounds me. The power that lives within me and the power that lives without me. The power that surrounds me. And with all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of heaven and earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength through his Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots, listen to this, this is where we're going to from this this one kind of word, depth, that the roots, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. See, condemnation is very, very shallow, isn't it? It's scratching at the surface of you and I, to try and pull us away from what's really, truly, deeply on the inside of us. If you're at home, some, somebody might say something online that says, you should be in the building. And condemnation would try and grab a hold of you and say, why aren't you in the building? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you there? Why? But you see, the depths of God's love repels all of those things that the enemy will bring to our mind. Roots. That grow deep. If I go to Mark chapter four, it talks about people who don't endure as being people who don't have roots. You and I put the seed of the Word of God into our heart, hoping and praying and believing that those seed, that seed, the faith is like as, as Frankie was saying. I know they said Pastor Frankie then. No. <laughs> As the seed was uh, is put into our hearts, the seed of a mustard seed, that seed is only tiny. Have you ever seen a seed of a mustard seed? Dude, I'm not going to be a cheesy pastor and bring one of those little bottle things. of There's a million mustard seeds in this little tiny thing because we've all seen those kind of things. Mustard seeds are tiny, but they grow to be a huge and massive tree from the tiniest of seeds. So the tiniest bit of the Word of God. Now, we've said this before in the past, little seed. Um, small harvest, and you know, small, sowing smallly brings in a small harvest, giving more, gives a greater harvest. But the reality of the Word of God is it, if you plant that Word in you, the seeds can grab a hold of your heart and cement themselves, go deep down, go, go so down deep into you that they will not be easily removed. The Word of the Living God is something so powerful that can just almost like I don't know if you, if you ever just trying to think when you seek hear of cancer or, or, or people like that, they take those, these kind of these tumors out of people and, and they have all tentacles and stuff that's just grabbing a hold, and it's, it's like when they can get it out. In one go, it's just kind of like it's this evil thing. You see, like in science fiction films, the the parasite grabs hold of the person and sinks into that person and and kind of tries to control them and tries to do all that kind of stuff. It's like evil. It's just go in between and things like that. That's the, the the negative side. But the positive side of the Word of God needs to do exactly the same thing. Same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead what makes alive your mortal body? How does it make alive your mortal body? Well, it's the Word of God and the Spirit of God seeping into you. We've talked about in prayer of having new wineskins, being fresh and filled with the Spirit of God on a daily basis. An old wineskin will just crack under the pressure of of new uh, wine being put into it, but you have a new, fresh wine skin, and you get filled freshly, daily with the things of God, the Word of God, putting fresh seeds into your heart, fresh, fresh uh, fuel for your engine, if you like, your spiritual engine. That spiritual engine is is really interesting because the more fuel you have, the more the fire can burn brightly. If you feel your 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 light, your fire backing off, you need to stoke the fire a bit more, don't you? You need to put a bit more fuel in there. Hallelujah. I'm just laying a foundation that Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That is such a You see, we talk about Psalm chapter 1 with a a tree being planted by the river of God, the roots going down. So that that tree really is, and then we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is is basically love manifest in different ways. The fruit of the spirit is drawing. It, it, it's coming off of a tree. It's it's manifesting itself. It's coming through the, the branches and all I don't know quite how fruit gets gets there on the tree, but it gets there, doesn't it? But it's pulling the roots are pulling from something, it's pulling from water in the ground and, and minerals and nutrients to produce an apple, an orange or whatever. So that what we're doing as as Christians, we're we're letting our roots go so deep into the things of love that we're producing. The evidence of love. The evidence of love is not simply just a pat on the back and a a hug. Sometimes love is a a slap in the face, sometimes to wake another person up. (laughs) And you don't want a pastor that just pats you on the back and gives you a hug every single time that something goes wrong in your life. Sometimes you need to have an answer. Sometimes you need to have a stirring and an encouraging word and and something that's going to maybe shake off what you think is a negative and what you think is crushing you because pressure will come to all of us. And one of the things, I I don't know if you've noticed this, and pressure is, or pain or suffering, is all subjective to the person receiving it. There are people who are trained to survive torture They're trained to be tortured to up to—I mean, they always say in TV, don't they, in TV shows that, you know, everyone breaks under pressure. But it's how well trained you are to cope with the pressure that's coming at you will be defining on how long it takes. Now, we don't have to ever break under pressure because we're Christians because we're believers, because actually, we're actually standing from a position of victory. We're not under a position of pressure. We feel the pressure, but the pressure really should not exist because we are actually in victory. We are actually in freedom right now as we speak. There's none, no one here, that, whether you're sick, whether you're poor, whether you're struggling with anything, there is no one here could actually say if they had 100% belief in the Word of God, they could actually stand up and declare something opposite to the Word of God. You can't stand up and say I'm sick when you know the power of God's operating you to make bring you healed healing. But it's all down to training, isn't it? So, so if Elson's been trained as a Navy SEAL to withstand some certain pressures, you look at it, okay, look at it this way. Maybe an a RAF pilot will be trained in different ways than a Marine. Different pressures will come to different ones of them. The Marine is not going to be able to f- fly a, a F F-16 jet or whatever they are at Mach whatever speed they are because he's not been trained to do that. So the pressures that the fighter pilot goes through, the G-forces and all that kind of stuff, is different than the the pressures that the Marine goes through. But the Marine will go through something different than the fighter pilot. The fighter pilot will parachute and fly down and and, uh, get into enemy lines, but the Marines will be the ones that go rescue him. So different pressures and different training comes. So when we're under pressure, we're actually under pressure to see us get to the other side of our training. And when pressure comes in our life, see it as training. See it as, I'm going to respond to this and from the attitude of that on the other side of it, I'm going to be much stronger. Because the devil is just simply a liar, and the devil is simply a condemner, and he's an accuser of the brethren. The devil's not trying to persuade you to listen to him for the sake of winning an argument. He's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. His attitude is that he will wipe out anything that gets in the way of letting God become glorious in this place, in this earth. He's driving everything through. He knows he's lost. That's the definition of stupidity, isn't it? Trying to win a battle you can't win. You might as well give up. It it, it would be nice if he would just have this revelation. We could pray for the devil devil to have a revelation of his calling. He's a failure. But because he's a liar and he believes his own lies, it goes into circle after circle after circle that he can never change. So what we've got to realize, we've got to be the ones who stand up and never give up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, pressure comes in many different ways, but it will depend on how deep our roots go as to whether or not that pressure wipes you out or not. The training that you receive as a Christian is simply resisting what comes against you. Now, you don't have to, there's a good well-known saying of you don't have to go through bad times if you listen to the Spirit of God. If you don't listen to the Spirit of God, you'll learn how to do something through experience. The Spirit of God will lead you away from or through and above and around the pressures and the negativities that the enemy is going to bring. The Spirit of God will guide you because that's the whole point. He's living on the inside of you to bring you into a place of victory. Now, if you ignore what the Spirit of God says, you're going to cause some problems in your own life. And you will have to learn from those problems. If you ignore the fact that the Spirit of God is saying, don't buy a car with 25% interest, and you ignore that, you're gonna have to pay the 25% interest until you pay the car off, or you sell it, or do something different. There's a consequence to you ignoring the Spirit of God, but you will learn, you could actually learn, well actually there's a better way, I'm gonna follow the Spirit of God, and God maybe give me a car, or give me something that I need rather than using debt to get to it. But either way, if you listen to the Spirit of God or you use debt, you will learn from the experience. You will learn via hearing what the Spirit of God's telling you to do, or you will learn via making a mistake. And we've talked about this loads of times that you can make a 10-year detour in your life because you just didn't want to listen to what the Spirit of God said. And there's a recovery period. You think of ministers in the States... I, I use that as an example mainly because they're more well-known. It's a bigger bigger deal over there, and there's media involved. But when a minister in the States perhaps maybe makes a mistake and falls, and it's national television coverage, does God forgive that person for making the mistake? Yes. Jim Baker is a well-known example of going to prison for making huge financial errors in the 1980s. And John Brevere saw him in prison and asked him directly, when did you fall out of love with Jesus? And Jim Baker says, I never fell out of love with Jesus going through the whole thing. He understood that he, he was forgiven. He understood that God loved him. He understood the thing. What he'd stopped doing was fearing God. Fearing the consequences and the, the reactions and the, atti- the, the thing that was going to take him out, which ended him up in prison. Now, Jim Baker's back on national TV in America, but it took years before he could even come back into the limelight because of this one silly mistake that he made, which is simply, I, I don't really know the details of it, but it's all financial dealings within the ministry. He's back in line, he's back into the will of God, but his influence is far smaller than it was beforehand, and people still remember the situation that he went through. That's just a simple example, because God loves him. There's other ministers that have made other mistakes that, that, that Brother Hagen, I remember Brother Hagen called them out and gave them a hug and, and loved on them when the rest of the church wouldn't touch them because he had the compassion for this minister. And again, this minister has taken years before because he was so well-known, so publicized, and so a big mistake that he made that it took him years before he got back to where he was, but he's still going because he's never given up. So some decisions that you make will have lasting consequences. But this is where condemnation will get you. If you've made a bad decision, condemnation will try and keep you to a place that you never ever recover from that decision. That's what we're coming against today in the name of Jesus. No condemnation, no fear of the future, no fear of what God's done in your life, going to do in your life, no fear of of what the enemy can try and do, no fear that will, will let you stop pursuing what God's got for you because he has got a plan that is far greater and far bigger and better. Anything above abundantly anything, abundantly above all things, abundantly above anything that you can ask or think is what his plan is for your life. He said he'll start the work and he will finish it. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. That means he's writing the story. He wrote the prelude. He wrote the foreword. He wrote the introduction. He wrote the ending. In fact, we could turn to the end of the book and see what the ending is. Now, we don't like to do that in a novel because we don't want it to be spoiled. We don't want to know that, that uh, the hobbits survived and everything was glorious and it all worked out well. We don't want to read the last page of the book because it will tell the, 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 who the murderer was. But in our life... This is what's beautiful. We might not know what's around the the corner. We might not know what's happening tomorrow. We don't don't know exactly how God's going to do everything that we're dreaming of and desiring. But we know by the end of the book that we are completely surrounded. We are completely in victory. We are completely glorious because the church of Jesus Christ with the returning of him is going to be glorious. That doesn't mean every hair in your head is going to be in place. That doesn't mean that you're going to be wearing, you you know, Jesus might come back and you're in bed. That's not, we're not, we're not talking about perfection, but we're talking about glorious. I actually believe I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if the church is all awake. Wherever you are in the world, you'll be doing something for God and Jesus is going to come back and take us and we are just, we'll all be ready. Because I believe that the things of the Spirit are so precious and so uh, amazing to what God has for us that He's not just leaving us. He's not, He's not gonna just turn up and go, surprise. If you're following the Spirit of God, which, which, which I believe we are as a church, we're gonna be ready. There's no fear in Him coming back. I mean, I, I, I look at Veronica sometimes and I just think, she's ready. She's ready, she's always on edge. She's always, always ready, always ready for the things of God. Always hungry for the things of God. Always wanting to dive in, even though it may hurt and and hurt the flesh and hurt the the emotions and stuff like that. Just be hungry for the things of God. Be hungry for the things of God. Be hungry for the things of God. Because that's what's going to bring the freedom to other people. There was a moment today when Holly was leading. I I could sense she knew something was coming up. She knew something. She had to do that. That's why I don't rush, because I need to be able to allow people to sense some things and learn some things and demonstrate some things. How great is our God? That song was an anointed song to sing. It wasn't on the song list. And it always it makes, it fills me with almost pride, if you like, when, when the, our teams sense the things of God and get it right and, and see the anointing get stronger. In a place, that's why the gathering together of, of, of believers is so important because there there are flows and ebbs, and we all contribute to it. And in fact, sometimes the worship team could be on fire, so on fire, so preaching and and singing and, and declaring, and the congregation is just like, Ugh. and as a pastor on the front row, you sense it. You know when you know what we if I stop now, no one's got anything. So we just waited and waited and waited and we hit that last song and then the freedom came. People were laughing. People were shouting. People were declaring. Because we got to a place where we got our eyes on Him and condemnation could be wiped out. Fear could be wiped out. Depression could be wiped out. Sickness and disease and any feeling of pain can be wiped out as we focus our eyes on Him. That's what revival is all about. Revival and and seeing souls be swept into the kingdom of God is about a group of people so focused on doing what God wants to do that the rest of their lives fade into the distance. And that's why most of the church doesn't operate in these things at this moment in time. Because we've got so much going on in our lives that are overpowering what God wants to do in our life. I'm guilty of it myself this week. Myself, we've struggled this week on some things. Pressure comes. And and what's awesome about this, and, and I've said this a few times, you know, use your brain and give God a break. Just think think things through because we needed some extra money this month and we were believing God and the pressure was on and we needed this this money to come in and, and stuff like that and, and, and just pressure and pressure and pressure and, and we just, you start to get get nervous. But then some benefits, extra benefits came through that we didn't know exactly when it was going to come through, but it came through. And then, then, then what, what did we do next? We, we kind of were just thinking about this, we're under pressure, we've got this, do that, do this bill, do whatever. Check your, check your solar panels, put your details in the, in the thing. We have got, we've got blessed with solar panels. So we put the details in them, checked our account, and we realized that our electricity account was in 800 pound plus credit. And we just sit there go, how the heck does the, the, the power company hold on to 800 pound of our money so we could get a refund? to help us with the, pre- the bills that we needed to pay. Now, you may say that, that, that that's not sowing and reaping. That's not, that's not somebody randomly walking up to you. No, it's, it's called using your brain. Car insurance. The, the, the premiums, I'm not going to get onto it because it really angered me when I got my renewal form. But I could use my brain and go find a cheaper deal. Why am I, why am I being really, really practical here? Because revival is coming, and the things of God are coming, and the pressures from this world are coming, and everything's going to get harder, but yet it's also going to get more ability of grace to operate in it. The, I, I, one of the things that me and Louise talked about, when I, when I did get this renewal and I realized what was going on, the re- renewal was so ridiculously high, and I was angry about it, But we've got to realize that no matter how high the world puts the prices up, God's got more. Unlimited resources. What if the hotel turned around and said, no longer for how much you're paying, but just whack the price up three times? Now we would look somewhere else, but maybe God would say, no, stay right where you are. You're right where you're supposed to be. You know what would happen? The money would come in. If we have to buy a building, there's a uh, a minister in America who, who, during COVID, God led him to start a church. I've talked about him before, but he bought a building because God says buy a church. Bought a building. Was going to kick it out and everything like that. Then the price of steel tripled, like overnight, you know, in COVID. Kevin has wonderful experiences with price rises over the last few years in buildings. And in fact, that this building that he bought wasn't anywhere near big enough for the church that God had for him. So eventually they sold it for a profit or whatever. But my point being was, he did not faze him that the price of steel tripled. He would have just done it anyways. But the reality was God had a better plan. He gave him a six point whatever, five point whatever million dollar building. Just gave it to him. But he was able to to. Keep going, because his mentality was, whatever happens in the world, it doesn't matter if the price of insurance goes up. It doesn't matter if, it, you know what the Bible says? That it's going to cost you a day's wages for a loaf of bread at some point. Do the maths on that. So a day's wages, what's that? 100 quid, 120 quid, 150 pounds, depending on how much you earn, 300 pounds a day, if you're, if, you're, if you're in that kind of level. A loaf of bread costing you 300 pounds. It costs what now? Three pounds. That's what, 300%? Am I right? 100% increase? No, no, not 100%. That's 3,000, 4,000, whatever. I, yeah, I'm not going to do the math. You do the math. It's a lot of money increase. So what? how much is a car going to be? How much is a horse going to be? How much is a, you know, we might need horses because all these electric cars keep blowing up. praying for you, Veronica. (laughs) So what are we going to do when the situation and the circumstances gets bad and worse and negative? We're going to go deeper into the things of love. Because if you understand love, you know that God said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. And if he never leaves you nor forsake you, he ain't going to let you just rot on the side street. There's no one in this, in the sound of my voice, no one in this room is going to become poor, broke, and out of work. I'm declaring that in the name of Jesus. I'm declaring that we're a blessed church. We're a church who's got solutions and answers for the rest of the world. If we have to take other people into our houses and pay for their bills, or if we have to give and give and give and give, we're going to be the ones who have the solutions and not the problems in this earth. Faith Live Preston, Faith Live Manchester, Faith Live Harrogate. We are solution-minded churches that has the word and the spirit that so that the freedom of the burden removing, yoke destroying, power of the living God can operate. That's our call, that's our assignment, if you like. That's our, our equipment. We have been equipped with power and presence and the word of the living God to help other people, see people become saved, see people become set free. If you're watching online, receive freedom. Strong and free in 2023. I'm not giving up on that. Until December the 31st, 12 o'clock hits, we're declaring that strong and free in 23. So much more in (laughs) 24, if you want to get cheesy. So much more in 24. God's got so much more. Uh, we said this, we're going to run into 24. I'm running. This has been a bit of a calm service today. A bit, moments of ups, moments of calm and simple. But really, I'm, I'm on the inside of it. I'm running. I'm excited for the things of God. I'm excited for what we're all going to achieve. Hallelujah. The depths of God's love. Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Jesus said when you know his word and you abide in his word and you, you, you love the Father and he loves you, he comes and makes his home with you. These are simp- this, this is a simple message, but yet how many of us submit to the pressure and forget how much god simply loves you i wanted to talk up a little bit today of going deeper and how the faith walk really opens up the depths I think this is why there's such a resistance to the walk of faith and the message of faith because faith actually requires depth. You have no confidence in a relationship that is shallow, do you? You have no confidence I, I can I can't trust somebody that I don't know. I can only trust somebody on the basis of how I know them. There's a level of trust that I have with Kevin that is different than the level of trust that I have with my wife because we don't know each other as well. We've, do, we've known each other for a shorter period of time. There's a level of trust that I have with my wife that I would never go to Kevin for, and he's grateful of that. Now, if I asked him to go get me a cup of tea or a, a biscuit from the back, as long as he's in a happy mood, I'm sure that he would do that. I could trust him to do that. If he he was grumpy and and felt like just telling me to get lost, he he might do that. I I, I think I I know him well enough to understand that he wasn't doing it. Now, my wife, it's a different story. If I ask her to go get me a cup of tea, I'm not sure I trust her to go get me a cup of tea. I I don't know. I I, I just feel like I know you well enough that when I ask her to do something for me, it doesn't always get done. (laughs) <laughs> but there's an understanding that I know her limits. Tea. Cups of tea are limits, yes. <laughs> I could prove it on many, 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 many times, but I'm not going to go there. Move on. But I also trust that I can have this conversation in front of you that she's not going to cut me off for the rest of my life. You know, she's not going to Treat me. I know she's going to drive home in a separate car. We came in separate cars for for the obvious reason of we had a massive blowout bat, fight this morning, and, and we've had to repent. And, I'm joking, but you get my understanding. So the more you trust somebody specifically in a particular way, and, and this is this is what faith is. You can develop. I could, I could go on a very long side journey right now. But if you think about faith, if I have faith in Louise to. Um, be there tomorrow morning, but I don't have faith in her to get me a cup of tea, what am I going to trust her in? I'm going to trust that she's going to be there tomorrow. Who am I going to ask the cup of tea? Kev, because I know that he's going to go get him, because I trusted with the cup of tea. So you develop faith and trust in certain things, in certain people. I know without a doubt that Veronica is going to give me a hug on a Sunday morning. When she wasn't here, no one else offered me a hug. I know I don't like hugs, but that's not the point. Okay, we're making this very small church-minded here. Let's think bigger. Come on. But my point being is I can trust in one person to do one thing. So if you can trust in God in a particular area and develop a trust in that area, you're going to develop that and become stronger and stronger in that. That's why some people can get healed really quick and some people can get rich very quick because they develop certain areas. And this is all, I've not lost my train of thought. This is all coming from the depths of his love. You develop your love in a certain area towards God and you just know that he loves you. You know that he's going to forgive you, whatever mistake. You have great trust in, in being able to repent, but you have no trust in him to provide your needs. There's a problem, but you've got that trust in one area and the other area you need to develop it in. And every one of you, and, and myself included, we know the areas we need to develop We know the areas we need to go deeper into. We know the areas where we need to pull more on him. We know the areas, and and, and it becomes, and if you want to go deeper, even still on this kind of things, we start to need to learn how to flow with the Holy Ghost even more. And we start to learn how to pray in the Holy Ghost even more. And we start to learn how to do our prayer life on the deeper things of God. We start to learn how to to pull on the the things for other people. Why am I keeping it so basic and practical? When it's basic and practical, as you learn how to do those things, you can do the bigger things. You know, like a, a, a pack of cards, you build a pack of cards into a building, you know, a house of cards. It's the same principles to build a skyscraper. You've got to have a solid foundation. You've got to stack it up. But there's different things, skills involved. There's different uh, uh, heights involved. There's different foundations involved. The simple things all will relate to the more complicated things if you learn how to develop and develop and develop the depth, the depth, the depth, the depth. The deeper things of God. I'm not going to labor this point much longer because I, I don't feel that we need to. I feel like God's done something in this service and I'm just kind of adding my two cents to it. I don't feel like today has been uh, a, 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 message, a, a message that has like, kind of like gripped your heart and, and because God's done so much before in the worship time, in the prayer time. But what I'm trying to do is throw some seed out into your heart to just encourage you. To just encourage you to whatever happens in you, stand up, pick yourself up, and keep going, and go deeper. Allow the roots of his presence, of of his life in you to become strong. Enjoy these times of worship. Enjoy these times of, of his presence. Because it's just cementing inside of you. I said this last week, impartation, impartation, impartation It's consistency. It's in the consistency. Faith and patience. Faith in God and consistency with his word, consistency with his spirit. Back to the gym, it's consistency of lifting weights. Consistency of lifting weights that will increase your muscle and your strength. Hallelujah. Well, Father God, I just come before you boldly. I thank you for grace and mercy in time of need. I thank you that we have a revelation that condemnation has no part of our life today. That the depth of your spirit, the depth of your word is 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 more than enough to get us through everything and every situation that we're facing. I give you praise. I thank you for the freedom that you've brought this morning. I thank you for the freedom that people have received this morning. But I also thank you so much for what Jesus did on that cross to get us to a place of eternal life. Hallelujah. And we thank you also and we pray openly for the people watching online On the broadcast, we just thank you so much for them. Thank you that they've been able to watch and hook up. And we pray for them. And if there's anyone at the sound of my voice who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, it's that simple decision to make. Make Jesus your Lord and Savior today. Just say, Jesus, I I just accept you. I thank you for being my Lord. I just accept him in the name of Jesus. That's all you have to do. And then start living a life based on that knowledge and build a relationship with him. Talk to him. Listen for his voice. Jesus said, he is the great shepherd and my sheep know his voice. So you make him Lord, you're basically making him your shepherd. And then you can hear his voice too. If you prayed that prayer, that simple prayer, just go to faithlifecenter.com forward slash Jesus just to cement it all. Let us know the details. You can fill in the form and let us know that you've prayed that prayer. We just believe that we're believing with you that your life changes dramatically. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to find the announcements. can't remember where I put them before we close. Yes, can you do that please?